Hello? Hey, Ira. Don't know why it didn't play the intro. No, this is Gina. Oh, hi, Gina. I'm trying to figure uh, out. Hang on, let me see why it's not playing the intro. I'm going to see if I can get it to play manually. Okay. Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grave, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com. Calling in live this week from Bonita Springs, Florida, as I do each week on Tuesdays at noon Eastern. My co-host, Jack Humphrey, is calling in uh, from Richmond, Indiana. Jack is the Associate Dean of Directions University. And we have got another great show lined up for you guys with another DU faculty member. Jack, I will let you do the honors of telling everyone who is joining us today. Well, he is none other than Ira Rosen. Uh, Ira is considered one of the top 1% influencers in the world by LinkedIn. That's pretty cool. He's a traffic master. He knows what he's doing. He's got clients in over 30 countries, and they've produced videos for international stars like Mark Victor Hansen, the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Les Brown, the number one motivational speaker in the world. Uh, and I love their name because my dog is uh, also named Mojo. <laughs> Mojo Marketing, Mojo Video Marketing. Mojo's team has cracked the code on LinkedIn and have created a proprietary automated software that fills your calendar every day with leads. Mojo clients learn the award-winning strategies on how to out-navigate, out-sell, and out-market the competition. Mojo prides itself in assisting companies with the most powerful, predictable marketing tools and strategies available, and Ira, along with his partner, uh, Corey, are, is at the head of that company and all of that goodness. Welcome, Ira. Well, thank you so much for that amazing introduction, and uh, Jack, it's always great to speak with you, and Gina uh, as well. Uh, I must say that um, uh, Gina and I have, and Corey have been uh, masterminding uh, uh, twice a week for about the last three years, wouldn't you say, Gina? Something like I that? I think it's closer to four now, Ira. <laughs> Boy, how time and flies when you're having fun. It's true, and I'm just thrilled to be here and I just you know and and just it just shows you you know it's all it's all about relationships and you know it, it, on this call what we're going to talk about are a lot of different things because lead generation is such a wide net and so uh this is actually my one of my favorite favorite subjects to talk about because you know it really encompasses many things but you know I want to thank you both for have me on uh, on the show today, and I'm really excited. I've got some I've got some great nuggets on, um, and really, what I'm going to share with everybody is perspective. My perspective on where we're at right now in this new economy. I'm going to I'm going to my my goal here is to give everyone a 50,000 foot view of what we're where we're really at right now, and where are we headed, and what has changed, and what is different and how to reboot, recalibrate, and rethink everything. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody on this call would agree what worked last year doesn't even work right now. What worked three years ago is obsolete. So it's like hitting, you know, it's like hitting a moving target. Uh, Gina, wouldn't you agree with that? I sure would, Ira. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just it really things, are, things are so much different. So... You know, so if you guys want to fire away any questions you, you'd have for me, we can, um, uh, you know, and I also have I have some things here that I like to cover, but if there's some specific things regarding lead generation and so forth, you guys uh, feel free to ask those questions. Was there anything, uh, Jack, at, at this moment, the first thing that pops in your mind regarding lead generation? Uh, not exactly. I just would love to know what you're about to tell us, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that is uh, your 
your you know your big um we we try to ask everybody every week what's your what's your main thing right now what's your way of driving traffic and i know we're going to talk about linkedin and lead generation through linkedin so uh i would just say fire away that's that's what i'm okay. here to hear all right all right well first of all i'm um i apologize in advance because i get a little excited um talking about linkedin linkedin is probably one of the best kept secrets on the internet and there's you know every 10 seconds excuse me every every second there's 10 people that sign up for linkedin it's an amazing platform it's the most trusted uh site on the planet for business forbes and fortune magazine did cover stories saying this is the number one place to find high value affluent clients that want to work with you. Average income is $112,000 and LinkedIn clearly is where the game is. But I love LinkedIn for many, many reasons. Here is what's going on right now with LinkedIn. Everyone has a LinkedIn profile. Everyone sends out a few messages and we make a few connections and maybe if we're more advanced we get involved in a a discussion in a group once in a while, uh, and when you con- when all you do is connect up with people, I have a name for that. I call it kumbaya marketing, and kumbaya marketing is the same thing with like Facebook, where you're on there and you have all these friends, but you really don't know hardly any of them, and you don't monetize. And I'm all about direct response, as you know, Jack and Gina. I know that's. That's the drum that you guys are always beating is, you know, you want to move them from a connection to an actual consultation. And that's the difference between marketing that is that works and marketing that doesn't work. Because if you're just getting a lot of connections and you're just tapping in and you're just doing that, uh, I call it all smoke and no fire, which doesn't help anybody. But LinkedIn is is amazing because you're able to go in there and actually build relationships. There are no gatekeepers whatsoever. And LinkedIn is one of those places where once you get in there, you realize, oh, my God, I just I just cracked the code on Fort Knox because the people that we have uh, done business with, uh, just recently we just um, brought on a client Friday evening that um, has bought and sold uh, 250 companies, owns his own TV um, station, and I don't want to disclose his name at this moment because we're uh, we're just finalizing the agreement. But uh, has and works with billion-dollar companies. And what we've been doing, what he's been doing, is manually sending out messages. He has a whole team of 20 people doing this, and he heard about us, and we were messaging out to him, and he he found us. And then inadvertently um, tracked us down, and then we, he was in from out of town, and we met with him Friday evening, and he's buying ten licenses to message out to all these people. But so the people that we're finding on LinkedIn is absolutely amazing. Um, what I love about about having a full calendar, and that's what LinkedIn does, if you know what you're doing. Um, Jack and Gina, would it be okay if I talked a little bit about just describing the the software a little bit? I don't want to do a commercial, but just um, or just we, we can talk more in general terms here. Absolutely, go for it. Okay, so um, and I'm and, and I'm just going to just briefly uh, mention that a little bit. But we what we've done is we've figured out how to automate LinkedIn. So what would take you hours and hours and hours, you just press a button, but um, and you know we can and I'm not really going to get into that right now, but I'm just going to talk about uh, what is working right now, what isn't working. Um, webinars right now uh, we love a lot. Uh, webinars we just did a webinar uh, about three weeks ago. We had over a thousand people register, and webinars are yeah webinars are exciting now what happens on webinars is usually about a third of the people that sign up show up so we had just under 300 people on that call and those of you that are marketers know 
to get 300 people on a webinar is is pretty unusual. And uh, we've done webinars where, you know, a lot of webinars there's you know 50 people, 75 people, 30 people, and it's you know it it it's all over the board. But you know how do you get so how do you get a, how do you get 300 people on a webinar? That's a big question, and it comes down to joint venture partnerships, and that's you know Gina back in the day you were you know this is going back a number of years you were called uh, the joint venture queen and 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 tell me what was your secret for you know for for getting all those great relationships because that's really the fastest way to grow a business right now it was really through referrals and word of mouth anytime i had a joint venture that i was organizing i would first sit down and ask myself okay who are the people that i want to get involved I would then ask myself who already knew those people that I already knew. And more often than not, it was just a matter of contacting a handful of people that I already knew, and they would then get me the people that I really needed. But, boy, that was time-consuming and tedious, Ira. Yes, I know. And it's and we've all been through that. And so it really being an entrepreneur is really not for the faint of heart. Uh, it really, and it's you know people that are in corporate America that have been been in that setting for say, ten twenty years, and they make that transition. Most of them are very shocked and surprised because maybe their skill set in corporate America was at a very high level. But uh, it, as an example, let's say somebody was um, well. We've got one gal. Her name is Tiffany Marcus. She worked for Disney. And she was a project manager, and she was extremely talented. She was—I mean, she's brilliant. And what happened was, she finally decided to go out on her own and venture out and and go ahead and bring on new clients. Well, that first year, uh, she almost quit probably a half a dozen times. The way she tells the story, and why? Because she didn't really know how to market. And this is really the weak area of most people that are out there. You might be an amazing project manager, but if you don't know how to uh, generate leads, if you don't know how to get in front of people, if you don't know how to um, build your list, you've got a serious problem. And also, um, if you don't know how to close a deal, that's really a serious problem because you could spend – you could spend three months or six months building a relationship and finally getting that meeting, and you get in front of them, and if you can't close that deal, what's going to happen is you do enough of those, three, four, five, ten of them, after a while you're not going to want to actually talk to anybody because you're going to have what we call call reluctance. And a lot of salespeople, a lot of entrepreneurs have that, and what they like to do then is stay in the area that they're most comfortable with, which is product development and product development and, you know, the creative side of, you know, let's change that website around, let's add some more buttons, uh, let's get some more copy in there. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs are really, really comfortable versus, you know, putting on their putting on their marketing hat and switching gears. Um, interesting, I read an article a while ago about it was from Harvard Business Review, and they were talking about, the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make right now is they take too long to go into a marketing mode. And they, they say that 75% of entrepreneurs stay in product development way, way too long. And there's a lot of companies, and you know Jack and Gina, you guys have seen this, where they literally go out of business before they go in business. I mean, and, and I'm sure you, you guys work with hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs. I mean, you guys see that quite often, don't you? Oh, we do. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's really sad because, you know, they're, they have this fear of failure and they have this fear of, you know, getting out of their comfort zone. And we all, and I want to talk about comfort zone for a minute because I think this is important to to discuss. Um, we all like to be in our comfort zone, myself included. We all like um, we all like um, continuity. We all like 
Um, uh, we, we like to, you know, we all get up in the morning, we have that cup of coffee, maybe we read the newspaper, you turn on your computer, and we all have rituals. Um, everyone's rituals, you know, are a little bit different, but uh, and so we're creatures of habit. And so anytime we get out of our comfort zone, we become uncomfortable. And one of the things that I learned a long time ago was, how do I get comfortable being uncomfortable? And when people can, and the more, the more of those emotions that you can handle, the higher level of success that you're going to have because you then put yourself in situations where you can grow and expand and achieve much more. So I've got a definition, you guys, for comfort zone. And that is, it's our personal prison of familiarity. So if someone is really stuck, stuck, stuck in their comfort zone, it actually becomes a prison. And when you're in a prison, uh, you can't grow, you can't expand. uh, And, you know, companies and individuals are either growing or they're regressing. Nothing stays the same. And so the trick is, you know, you need to do the things that are going to push you forward. You know, as an example, I think one of the biggest Achilles for business owners today is people's inability to focus in on on growing their database. Their database is their community. Their database is their tribe. It's their following. And without a database... I always use the analogy, it's sort of like throwing a big party. You've got the band, you've got the refreshments, you have the venue, and there's only one problem. You don't have a guest list. So maybe you spent, you know, $2,000 for this party and you're all excited, you've got the decorations up, and but there's nobody to invite. And so I'm just, I'm amazed of how many entrepreneurs that I talk to every week that barely have a database and then they tell me how they want to make six, seven figures. And it just doesn't even make sense. And so your database is critically important in lead generation because you need if you're going to have a webinar, you need to have enough people to invite so that you can actually have a webinar. If you want to do joint venture um partnerships and have and many times what um what people like to do as we do this is you know you do a webinar for that person's product or services and then you reciprocate and and that way and obviously if someone's going to do that with you it's got to be a win for them so if they don't have if you don't have a database and you don't have anything to bring to the table it's going to be really really hard to motivate somebody to want to do a webinar with you because you don't have anything to offer. You don't have, I call it social capital or social influence. And social capital uh, is, it's sort of like a bank account. You know, I mean, Oprah, who, by the way, I, which I was I was really surprised, I saw her last night on Jimmy Fallon. I don't know, if did, did you guys happen to see that at all? I missed it. I hardly okay, ever well, miss an Oprah. <laughs> and I haven't seen her on TV and I you know I think a lot, you know I mean it's been a couple 2 3 years or whatever she rarely but anyways the reason I mention that Oprah has massive massive social capital uh if she picks up the phone if she asks someone to do something or calls in a favor I would I would have to think that it would be rare that somebody would say no I mean I would assume that if she called up President Obama and she had a request that was reasonable, there is no way in the world that the President of the United States is going to say no to Oprah. That is social capital. So along the way, as we're meeting people, we want to make them feel good. We want to, we want to make that connection with them, that emotional connection. And I heard years ago that uh, I, I went through a Dale Carnegie class. As a matter of fact, I went through all of them about five times there's six classes, and I learned from 
one of the top trainers in the country, he said, picture when you're looking at people that you see on their forehead the words, make me feel important. And I think that's really critically necessary for all of us to remember because wouldn't you agree that when other people make you, when you make other people feel important, that it draws them in? Oh, man, in so many different ways, internally with your employees or outsourcers and externally, absolutely. Um, you know, especially, and the, and the playing field is really nice out there for that because hardly anybody's making anybody else feel important. Everybody's just shouting at each other, right? Isn't that how it feels to most people on social media? It's just everybody's got, I got something to say. Listen to me, stop what you're doing, and I've got something to say. And there's not a lot of people making other people feel very important out there, as far as I can see. So what a great playing field. You could really be a pattern interruption in someone's life by simply doing that. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we always talk about, you know, and yourself and Gina always talk about, okay, how do you separate yourself from your competition? This is a very simple way to do that it doesn't even cost you a dollar it's it's free so it's really what it is is it's a mindset you know how do you how do you make other people feel good about who they are and to me that's the cornerstone of all success because you know this is really the decade of collaboration you know doing things by yourself and going going it alone are long long gone and so you know so we need to we need we need to pull other people in. We need to work together. We need to collaborate. We need to elevate others. We need to figure out how can we help other people. And that's why, you know, I love working, you know, Gina with yourself and with Jack because that's what you guys are all about all the time. You're always looking and seeking ways to help that person no matter who they are. And I've seen you both you know, hundreds of times, just go out of your way for anybody and everybody and not expect anything back in return. And to me, that is the essence of collaboration. But back to, you know, building great relationships, you know, it's in, it's impossible to help other people without helping yourself. And so when you build all these relationships, now they're in they're in your database and so one by one by one these people are joining your community or some people call it your tribe and so i think that is the key to really growing that's sort of like your foundation that's like your you know if you're building a home that's the basement and a lot of people try to build a home on jello and if you don't have a database, uh, you're just bouncing off walls, you're running in circles, and you're trying this and you're trying that, and you know you're doing the old um, you know shiny object syndrome, and it's really a challenge to get any traction. And it's really hard to get you know that magical thing that we're all where we all need and want, which is you know momentum. And yeah. momentum is, wouldn't you agree, momentum is the key to, is such a key element here for success? Yeah, I was I was getting ready to say, too, that it seems like, and maybe you can speak to this in your experience, that there, there are people who are keenly aware that they need a database, but they're, they haven't gotten the momentum started because they haven't even gotten started because they're not really sure. When you look at this, you know, you get this deer-in-the-headlights kind of feeling when you look at the Internet uh, for the first time as a new entrepreneur or, you know, all of us have had to grow with this web that changes every single day. So for, for many of us, even seasoned veterans, you get on the web one day, and a lot of it has changed. A lot of things work differently. A social network might have made a massive change or whatever. So we're always all still learning, but fortunately for us, we've got that momentum going so we can deal with it, roll with it, and uh, and capitalize on it. But I think a lot of people starting out, they feel like, I don't know what to trust. I mean, people, it's very easy to go to, like, Facebook and open up an advertising account. But that doesn't mean that you know how to use it, that you're going to spend the money wisely, or that you're going to be able to build a decent database that's cost-effective. So it, it scares people from even trying. It scares and, them out of, you know, I still know i got to have a database, but right. I don't know who to trust, and I know that the, I sense that there's an underground layer 
of knowledge that's not really easy to get to, like people like you, Ira, and, and Gina, to figure out, you know, these are the people to listen to, and they'll tell you how to do things on a different way, but I don't know who any of those people are. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, Gina, you're going to make a comment on that? No, that was, this is Jan. Hey, um, I'm really enjoying this because one of the questions that I had is to go back a little bit, and that is how do you really make people feel good on social media? A lot of people know how to do it in personal, you know, a face-to-face. Okay. And that's one question that I had. And then the other is right in this conversation, and that is, you know, I talk to people all the time, and they're trying to grow their lists, and they're trying to do joint ventures, but when you're starting from zero and you have no leverage, what are some of the ways that you can take the the aspects of business that you're already good at and start to leverage that? Okay. And I'm wondering how, how – so those are my two questions. Okay, great question. So – we're gonna. So the first question was, um, how do you make people feel important in social media? Correct. So okay. So what? So yeah. really, um, so it, it's really simple. Is you can always, it, it a person's favorite subject is themselves. Um, it's it's just, it's the same in person as it is. Uh, in social media and uh, ask and just asking great questions about them taking an interest in them telling me you know tell me about you know what you know tell me what you're working on right now Uh, what are you really passionate about right now in your business what's your biggest challenge in your business right now what keeps you up at night and what's what's your biggest obstacle at this moment? Where do you want to be for 2015? Where do you want to be in the first quarter of 2015? What what is really really working for you right now? Last year, what was that one thing that you learned that you know you think is really valuable that you love to pass on to other entrepreneurs? So I just rattled off ten quick questions of you know, things that people would love to talk about. Uh, and so those and, uh, are the... Yeah, and, and similar questions for any niche that you're in. You rattled off some of our favorites and some of your favorites for our industry, but also this isn't, you know, it's basically the, the equivalent of making eye contact virtually. You know, when you're talking to somebody in the real world, you, you know, good communicators make eye contact. They're really talking to each other. They're making a real connection. And in the digital world, it kind of confuses people sometimes. What's the equivalent of making eye contact and actually being present and being there? And that's that's what people want. And it can be done in any niche. You could take Ira's list of questions just now and apply it to whatever niche that you're in. Even if you just sell products, uh, hard physical goods and um, and services that are completely unrelated to B2B stuff. Uh, whatever niche that you're in, as long as you're making eye contact, you're doing a lot better than the 90% of the rest of the web, which is basically just shouting at each other. Yeah, I mean, I think we're really hitting here on a very, uh, a very critically uh, key element here, and that is connection. That's really what we're talking about here. Uh, people right now are hungry. As Les Brown says, you said, enunciates the word hungry as hungry. That <laughs> if you've ever heard uh-huh. of Les Brown, that's how, he says, you know, are you hungry? And it's are you hungry? Uh, people are hungry for connection. They really are because the the internet is the coolest, neatest thing that has ever happened, you know, since mankind and on many different levels. And it, the flip, and it's a paradox because the flip side of it is, in many ways, it's it's the most challenging and difficult, and sometimes negative thing that ever happened because, uh, you know, you get distracted and just, you know, you might have five thousand friends on Facebook, but maybe you only know fifty of them really. And people, I think, right now, because of the internet and the technology and the the age that we live in. I think a lot of people feel very disconnected. I think a lot of people feel 
a little bit alone, even though you have this sea of humanity that's out there on the Internet, people, I think a lot of people are just feeling uh, isolated by themselves. So when you, and when you Which understand. Which is ironic, isn't it? It isn't is. Isn't that ironic? Because we're supposedly, and I'm doing my little air quotes here for radio, uh, we're supposedly <laughs> the most connected generation of all time. We've got. 50,000 social networks, and we've got hundreds or thousands of friends, friends, more air quotes, and acquaintances and, and peers and business owners or whatever. I mean, we're supposed to be the most connected, and we're all sitting here kind of collectively going, nah, I don't, I feel confused. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you right now I feel a little confused about all of this stuff because I don't feel the connectedness that we're supposed to have. And, you know, I think a lot of people feel that way. It's like, wow, we're we're more connected than ever in a database or in a bunch of different databases. But that's the where the relationship tends to break down for most people until they realize that you got to use this stuff and you got to be smart when using it and talk to smart people like Ira who knows how to use it, particularly with LinkedIn. And I kind of wanted to get back to that in particular because I have I have 22 million, you know, potential connections in LinkedIn and uh, through the 2,500 personal connections that I have in LinkedIn. And I've often gone here, I'm looking at it now, and and felt a little, what do I do? Because what I'm allowed to do is I can go out and make one-on-one connections, um, and I do. Every once in a while I'll get on here and just spend a couple hours and work with people, talk to people, say hi, um, make that eye contact that we were talking about. But beyond that, I mean, you know, I've got other things to do in my business. I've got a lot of other things I need to be doing. And if Gina caught me spending two hours on LinkedIn when we were in the middle of a campaign or something, she'd have my head. So, you know, you got to manage your time and everything, and you guys have figured out a way to make that eye contact so it's a quality connection, but your software and the techniques that you guys use um, outside even the software uh, help with that, right? So I can feel Absolutely. like I'm making a bigger dent in the connections that I have in potential energy, but not really capitalized on yet. Exactly, and so you know I can address that because it's um, you're right. People are not feeling uh, it, it's it's a paradox because it's all about expectations. We have the expectations that you know we have you know we have uh, a thousand connections here, but we really nothing is happening. I can't get traction. I can't get momentum. And so it's um it's you know it it and what happened and all happiness or unhappiness starts and ends with what our expectations are. Now, LinkedIn kind of circling back to that for a moment is is an amazing place to do business. If you're not using LinkedIn, you need to get on it very for 2015. That's going to be at the top of your list for, you know, for you know for for your marketing because I tell people, show me something better than LinkedIn right now, and I'll buy it for you, and I'll buy it for myself. And so it's it's a powerful, powerful place. So what we did was we used to message out on LinkedIn 100 messages a day. It took us four hours, but it was worth it because if you go to a if you go to a couple. Uh, networking groups, you know, or one a day, you could easily burn up two, three hours, and you walk out of there with a couple business cards. And so, we figured out how to actually send out a hundred messages, and eventually created a software where you press a button. So instead of spending four hours, uh, and I, you know, and 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 Barry uh, McLawn. Uh, uh, well, I know it's spent sometimes six to eight hours doing campaigns on a for a, for like a month. Uh, Barry has actually spent that much time into the early early hours of the morning on LinkedIn because it's a gold mine. And so we figured out how to automate and crack the code on LinkedIn. So it's it's sort of like if you woke up one morning and someone knocked on your door and they said they just did a they just did a study and they found that there's a giant vein of gold in your backyard. The problem is nobody can figure out how to get it out of the ground so that it's cost effective. And so it's sort of the same thing. Everyone knows that the gold is in the ground. How do you excavate it? How do you get it out of the ground? So we figured that out between 
systems and software and scaling and also marketing strategies and amazing copy. And so what we have done is we said you press the button so that four hours a day that you would spend on prospecting is now that's four hours a day that you get back that you can spend selling. So instead of talking to one or two people in a week, you can talk to two, three, four, five a day that are motivated, that are clients that actually want to do business with you. That's when you sort of flip the switch and you grow your business. Also on LinkedIn, you can send out connection requests. Uh, You can send out 50 of them a day. If your copy is done correctly, you'll usually get about 50% that will respond back and say, yes, I would love to connect up with you. 50%. 50%. And wow. and that's average. So think about this. Every day you've just increased your database by 25 people. So that's uh 25 that's about let's just say rounded up that's 800 people in a month approximately. So 800 mm-hmm. people because in some cases, you know, they'll you'll have 30, 40 people that will respond. Uh, so 25 so let's say you you add 8 800 people a month to your database now in one year that's 10,000 people now in order for that database to be viable you have to start communicating with them what do you do well you you take an interest in them you send them things that are viable you send them things that are that they're going to find of of high value. It's sort of like um Jack you'll like you'll appreciate this analogy. It's sort of like dating. So a guy takes a gal out on a date and he's everyone has a great time and every week he sends this young lady flowers. And if he's really blown away, maybe he sends flowers every day. Um now that might in some cases, you got to be careful because the guy might wind up with a restraining order. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. but what you're building that relationship, and if everything goes you know smooth, you know th- there's a good chance that something really great could happen with that relationship. Now, you, the flip side of that is, you know, the guy meets the gal, they go on the date, a year passes, and he picks up the phone, and she doesn't even remember who he is. And she says, you know, I just got married two weeks ago and don't ever call here again and hangs up on him. That's how most entrepreneurs are doing business right now. So, you you know, so like in LinkedIn, you have an, you have an easy opportunity to add five to 10,000 people a year to your database. Now, you do this over a period of time. All of a sudden, this is how these people wind up with 50, 100,000 or even more in their database. It's sort of like eating an elephant. You take one little bite at a time. And there's many other platforms aside from LinkedIn that are, you know, Google Plus right now is is amazing. And I know that uh, Jack, you and Gina do a lot with Google Plus and, and Facebook. And there's there's many other, many, many other strategies. But I particularly like LinkedIn because the average income is $112,000 a year. And guess what? It's focused. It's focused, yeah. and there's no, there are no gatekeepers on on LinkedIn. You'll never yeah. find a gatekeeper on LinkedIn, and you can you can target high level, high influencers on LinkedIn that you never, you you know, you you cannot find those people. Much more challenging to find that person that that CEO of that big company on this person that I talked about earlier. It's uh, been very difficult to find that person on Facebook. Could I? Probably, but it would take a long, long time. And, you know, there's all this data on this individual that I can find out, and then plus his connections. I mean, it's just it's a vast sea of opportunities. But LinkedIn is is a great place to build your database. You can join 50 groups. I would str- and When you're in a group, you know, you really get to find out who these people are. You, one of the things a lot of people aren't aware of, you can message out to to everybody in the group, um, and there's certain protocols and guidelines. But 
So if you're belonging to 50 groups, and some of these groups can have, you know, five, ten thousand people, you have full access to everybody within those groups. So our software, we have figured out how to actually access that group and automate it. Otherwise, you know, it, it just you know it would take you hours and hours and hours every day to send out the messages that you would want. But um, LinkedIn is is an amazing. Uh, platform. I mean, there's billions of dollars every day on LinkedIn that are generated, and it's um, yeah. it's the most trusted site there is. I have a quick question. Well, one of the somebody. Oh, go ahead. I was, okay, my question ahead, is this. Um, yeah, this is Jan. I'm sorry. And sure. uh, Ira, you keep referring to your database because we we started out talking about you know how a business actually grows their connections. Now, are you considering the people that you're connected to on LinkedIn your database, or is there something else that you're doing um, that uh, equates having somebody end up on that list? I'm saying that because I think most people think of it as a an email list or, you know, something that goes on their autoresponder. So I'd be right. interested in both you and Jack talking about how databases and how we connect with people is changing. This made me think of uh, Colin, who has his entire business is on a Facebook group. And one of the things he talked about was the fact that he doesn't even do autoresponders because you don't even have to worry about opening open rates on a Facebook group. So I thought this was kind of an interesting tie-in to how, you know, really databases are changing. So right. what are your thoughts on that? We're really okay. interested in that. Yeah, I mean, you're you know, we're really hitting on some very some very interesting topics because you're right, things are much different than they were, you know, a couple of years ago regarding, you know, growing your business, growing your database and um yeah, I mean, having having you know, a lot of connections and friends on Facebook and on LinkedIn is is one thing, but how do you monetize them is a whole separate conversation. But um, one of the things you can do with LinkedIn is as you build, if you're messaging out to these people every week, uh, what hap- you know what happens is you get the leads online, and then you you you, you know you you communicate with them also offline. So there's ways to get get all these people actually into your database where maybe you give them something for free. They've opted in and they're they've raised their hand and said, "Okay, I'm um I'm excited. I want to work with you or I'd love to have that information." So there's ways of, you know, just driving them to say a landing page or giving them something for free or, you know, just something of value. And so, and it really gets back to just, you know, really um, uh, giving people a massive value and just, just keep, just keep giving them, giving them the things that they really want and need. And they're going to find interesting that are compelling, that are memorable, and that separates you from your competition. And so all these different platforms. So you are building an email list. Right. Oh, absolutely. And so an email list is important, but there's different ways to communicate with your audience, but like a LinkedIn group and so forth, but you you absolutely can build an email database through LinkedIn. Absolutely. And great question. And uh, Jack, you're going to you're going to say something? Well, actually I was kind of uh actually redirect a little bit. We've got Five, a little over five minutes left, and there are a couple of questions that Gina and I wanted to get in. One was, what are the different kinds of – there's somebody listening right now who uh, is thinking, will this work for my company? LinkedIn is pretty specialized. It's like everybody thinks of it as B2B, right? So can you give us a, a range of the kinds of uh, people that – well, like your clients. What kind of companies does this work for from the people that you guys have worked with? You've worked with hundreds and hundreds or thousands of people. Um what kind of companies does this work for? Okay. I mean, it works really well for consultants, for recruiters, speakers, authors, um, people that, you know, are event planners, people that put on big events. It works best for B2B. Now, if you're B2C, let's say you're in a network marketing company 
and uh, you've got a product for, say, $100, uh, let's say it's skincare. Uh, selling this product through LinkedIn uh, might not – you, you could do it, uh, but I would say the best way, my approach with – if you have a product that you're selling that's B2C – is I would go after the joint venture partners. I would go after the people that can expand your distribution channels, people that can become, you know, raving fans for you and and get involved with your vision and opportunity. So, uh, but so, there's yeah, it's like a, a a lot of people would look at LinkedIn and go, oh, that's not for me. It's B two B, can't do it. Because but the thing is, these B two Bers, these beers have big lists. There are people here that have great big giant lists, and they're in business to a lot of them uh, have the attention, the eyes, ears, and hearts of your perfect audience for your uh, B2C product, right? So it's it's like really limiting yourself to look at LinkedIn and go, that's not for me because it's just B2B stuff. There's no there's no way I can sell my three-legged stools here uh, to, to these guys. And the, the object is not to sell it to these guys. It's to get these guys to put you on their stage in front of their people with their blessing, saying this person's got an awesome product. You've got to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, I talked about this earlier. The fastest way to explode a company right now in this new economy is through joint ventures, strategic partnerships, You know, through influence of other people's uh, lists that they have, that they've accumulated. So if you've got say, you know, 10, 20, 30 really solid joint venture partners, you know, that's amazing. And Gina talked about this earlier. You really don't need that many great joint venture partners. Um, interesting enough, the average Fortune 500 company has about 150 joint venture partners. And they're kind of like databases, you know, people in your database. You know, sometimes you'll hear people throw numbers around, well, yeah, I've got 100 or 200,000 people in my database. Uh, what really matters is not the size of the database, but how do they know you and what kind of relationship do you have with those people? And, you know, are they, do they really know who you are and do they really, are they drawn to you? And is there some connectivity there? And do you have a, do you actually have some kind of a relationship with them? So you're right. It's, um, it's all about, you know, building the right, building the right list and then building the relationship. Because at the end of the day, uh, if, if you haven't built the relationships and you just have this giant database, it's really, it's, you know, nothing's going to probably take place because you've got to build that magical thing called trust. And if you don't have trust um, and they don't know you, uh, you're, it's going to be really hard to get traction. So um, right, does, right. That, does that answer, does, does that, answer that, that last question? Absolutely, but that's not the last question. We're always trying to squeeze it for everything we can get while we got you here. And if <laughs> well, you can, more. share one of your – yeah. <laughs> if you could share a real quick story, we've got about two and a half minutes left before we get into our, our next session, um, about just an example, a story about one of your favorite clients lately, a story that they've told about how they're using LinkedIn uh, to um, generate leads. Okay, quick great. and funny and great and awesome and cool. Okay. So there's a gal locally. Her name is Sabrina Gibson. Uh, she's a social media expert, and the very first day that she started using our system, um, she got and she and she didn't really know what to expect, but uh, it she got forty. She sent out a hundred messages, and she got forty-five people responding back the first day, and she called us up and she was she says, Ira, this is like drinking from a fire hose. And uh, and she's she says what do I do? She says I can't. I got to and I she says I got to turn this thing off. And so what we did was we had her uh, show her how to filter these people, and so they could either you know uh, they could either fill out a questionnaire or you have them opt in. So you're at or put themselves into your calendar. But uh, we get we get this situation quite often. I had a guy that called me up last week and he was complaining. He said Ira. He says, I got to tell you. He says, you know, I'm, I've never worked so hard. He says, this is this is kind of crazy. He says, my calendar is full. Um, I'm just, you know, this. I've never run so fast. 
And I said, Frank, um, I got a simple solution. Turn the damn thing off. And he started laughing. He says, I don't want to do that. He says, because yeah. I don't want to turn the faucet. Well, when people have been wandering through the desert, of the leadless desert of uh, what most people do, is, I mean, they're always scrambling and everything. They finally hit what you guys are doing. Um, yeah, I can imagine that their initial reaction would be like, holy crap, I wasn't expecting this. And not only that, but I wasn't expecting it to be this big and this much. And, you know, it's almost the uh, epitome of careful what you ask for. Uh, and that's what I meant earlier when I talked about there are people who know there's an underlying layer. There's all the superficial stuff. Here's how you use LinkedIn. You might find some good information on a on a very generic tactic you can use on a blog post about LinkedIn. But then everybody has a sense that there's something somebody else is doing out there. There's something. There's people like Ira and Corey who say, I love LinkedIn. Why do they act so crazy about it? I mean, I don't feel that way about it. They must know something I don't. And that's why I wanted you to tell those stories because that that's we hear that from you guys all the time and we read your your pages. You can guys if you want to know more about this by the way, if you go to askggg.com forward slash lead mastery, L E A D M A S T E R Y, you can uh get in with Ira and Corey and learn a lot. They give away a ton of really, really good information. And um God, I wish we had more time, man. This this just flew by. <laughs> it did, it did. So yeah, this is. Um, so I just want to, in, in closing here, um, I just want to leave everybody with. Um, uh, I always I always love to talk about this very quickly, and it's called PDF, like a PDF file. So picture in your mind, and these are the three cornerstones of success: is persistence. You have to be persistent in everything you're going after. Uh, you must be D is for discipline. You've got to have the discipline in your work ethic. And last is you've got to be focused. And so PDF, persistence, discipline, focus. And then if you want to put a C in front of the PDF, the C stands for clarity. He who is the clearest always wins. So that's my little formula for success. And as long as you have all those elements in there and you know exactly where you're going, you're willing to pay the price, you, it's all mapped out, and I would strongly suggest find a really good mentor if you're starting out. Find somebody, say, like with Jack or Gina and Jan. You know, those are the kinds of people that can really help you navigate through shark-infested waters so you can get to the other side and be able to actually monetize because 85% of all new businesses are gone in 12 to 24 months. And the number one reason, their lead generation just is not happening. It just, it's ineffective. And that's really the most important element along with all these other things. Well, if Ira well, has thank you so much, in any way to learn more about. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Good, yeah, and if you guys want to learn more, once again, that link is askggg.com slash leadmastery. Learn from these guys. They're really, really awesome. Well, good, good. Gino, is there anything else that, um, uh, any questions you had, or is there anything else that you'd like to say before we wrap up? Well, I wouldn't have spent two hours a week for nearly four years masterminding with Ira and Corey if there wasn't a really good reason for it. And I'll tell you, to get into these guys' calendars these days has gotten tougher and tougher because they are full all the time. Take advantage of that and really get in there and let them show you how you can really add zeros to your bottom line quickly and easily. Thanks again, Ira. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you all. And um, let's crush it in 2015. I I know this is going to be an amazing year for those people who have figured out their lead generation. Get on LinkedIn and master it, and I promise you it will be the best year you've ever had as an entrepreneur. So thank you all, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Ira. Thanks, Ira. Thank you. And now Jan is going to share with us a DU bachelor's student by the name of Trish Sampson. I will let Jan do this. Here we go. Hi, this is Jan Riley, and I am here with Trisha. Why don't you tell me what your experience has been and what brought you to DU? 
Okay, Jan, sure. Um, thanks for having me. I I'm, I enjoyed be I enjoy being here. Thank you so much. I I think that uh, when I came to Directions University, I I had no idea what to expect, and my first experience was just phenomenal. Uh, but as I went on, I am am so blessed by the friendships that have developed here. And you are right. There are so many different types of businesses and so many different people with different passions. Everyone is just loving. Everyone is very, very going, goes out of their way so much to help one another. Oh yeah, that that's, that's true. And uh, the bachelor's program is, is, by invitation only. It's a very special group. Uh, the dean, um, Gina Gaudio Graves, is fantastic. She has a, a sixth sense. She knows who's perfect for the program and she knows who isn't. And she chooses the best of the best. And I'm very honored and proud to have been invited. So, yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm, I'm loving it. So, tell me a little bit about you and what you've been doing and what you want to be doing. Okay. Uh, I started out as a, a fine arts student at Rhode Island School of Design and later got my master's in internet strategy management. I, For 15 years, I've been employed as a, web, a webmaster, and I wanted to do be in my own business, but I had no idea what. I was pretty tired of programming, and fate brought me to Directions U, where I was asked to write my perfect day. I thought, wow, that's different. Okay, I did. And I shared it with uh, Gina on one of the gold calls. And when she was done, uh, she when I was done, she started to weave my passions into this viable business model. It just, it just stunned me. Uh, became a bachelor student. I've been sailing along in my business, and I've never looked back. I just love it. Um, well, it's it. This is my journey. It's my joy, and it's made complete by bringing people along with me. I have a membership site, and people are taking this journey with me. So, um, it make it will make a lot more sense if I share my perfect day with you. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay. I love perfect day. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> I want every day to be that way. Imagine a perfect day, a perfect life and the ultimate personal sanctuary, enjoying all the luxury one can hope for. There are many paths to abundance, as we know from our various people in the groups, but this is mine. It's a sunny morning, 65 degrees, and it promises to be 80, and I love that weather. I take my coffee poolside and watch the blue water sparkle in the morning sun, Fifty yards in the distance, my faithful sloop is moored, waiting patiently, wondering how many lobsters are snoozing in our traps. Be patient, little ones. This silence won't last long. Sure enough, Bessie cuts through it like a shrieking wretch. Moo! <laughs> ah, Zach, he's tripping his way to the barn. Yep, he's hungover again. Sometimes you just got to shake your head. Oh, Zach is the handyman. He lives in the guest cottage. It's a lovely country home on the Atlantic waterfront. A cow, that's Bessie, obviously. A few colorful chickens that lay pastel-colored eggs. I've always wanted pastel-colored eggs. <laughs> There's a few sheep to feed my spinning wheel and, of course, the usual dogs and cats and bunnies. Okay, I'll catch the lobsters, feed the animals, pick the lettuce, grab a bite of breakfast, and it's nearly nine before I make the shower. Today, I'm cutting out the embellishments from yesterday's Salvation Army pickings. Some really beautiful appliques find their way there, I tell you. I use them to make clothes for children and dogs. I cut off at tweens. They're too fussy, and they complain too much. Like it's the shirt's fault you look fat, right? <laughs> I like sewing on the bling. I love bling. These are one-of-a-kind items, and they bring the highest price point. And 
were keeping it our secret that their genesis was the rag bag. <laughs> Everything's cut. It's time for lunch. Lobster and corn on the bone. Yummy. Mm-hmm. Extra crustaceans. Yeah, nothing better than corn on the cob and lobster. Uh, there's extra crustaceans to blanch and ice bath for freezing. We grow our own food, produce our own energy, make our own cheeses. We live on the seafood we catch. But on occasion, I'll head to the market for some divine swine or a chunk of beef. But I have to sneak by Bessie so she doesn't see me. She thinks I'm a vegetarian, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll work on that cookbook that's been six years in the making now. Black forest pork is simmering and savory. I like to photograph food in natural light, so I better get going. The table is set poolside. It's late afternoon with the ocean in the background. Old gothic-looking chairs, indigo blue china trim with gold and terracotta flecks, colored napkins, and a centerpiece of lemons and persimmons nestled into greenery. The stage is set. The food is ready and plated. Give it a misting of olive oil for shine and snap away. Would you care to join me for dinner? Ooh, I love that. (laughs) I love Uh, that perfect day. (laughs) Me too. Well, it's It's so funny. I believe I told you that when I read it, I said, oh, I want to be there, and I don't even like the beach. And it's true. (laughs) Just such a great picture of a perfect day. It is. And to think that someone could actually weave that into a business model. I I thought I was writing fantasy and I was writing reality. It's, it's fantastic. I I just am so grateful that I found my way to, to you. And I wouldn't have met you either if I hadn't been there. So I have a good thing. Yeah, I really I found that everyone that I've met there um and the business models, no matter how divergent they are, all have this beautiful, kind, life-affirming message, even if it's yes. just a regular business business. And I think that's because of the quality that of people that Gina and Jack really attract and, and their message, how much it works with. Tell me a little bit about how people can find out more about you and Find out more about your perfect day and how they can get one, too. Okay. Um, Well, my website is mycoastalmuse.com. I can be reached um, at samsontrish at gmail.com. I would love to talk to our listeners anytime they'd like. What I do and what, what gives me some of the most joy is bringing my members along with me on the journey that I am on. Uh, So many people are living lives that they really are feeling a little bit like something's missing. And the thought of living a dream is just not even something that, as a culture, we even think about. It's like, how hard can you work? You have to, no pain, no gain. (laughs) And and the philosophy here at DU is just the opposite. Uh, It's all about serving and not selling. And I think that at least the quality of person in our group are the happiest when they're serving others. It works really well for me, and I'm 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 loving it, and uh, I'm looking forward to a real bright future with my coastal muse. Oh, that sounds great. Well, Trish, I am so glad you could join us, and I bet everybody's going to want their trip to the beach really soon. Hi. Once again, this is Jan Riley, and thanks so much for joining us. Stay tuned because we've got Gina Gaudio-Graves and Jack Humphrey. They're getting ready to continue with our special featured guest. And I want to invite you now to visit me on my website and at youcreateyou.com so that you can learn how to make Well, thank you so much, Jan and Trish. Great show again today, Jack. Any final words of wisdom for everyone, Jack?
Okay, well, I'll assume that that means he got locked out of the dashboard, which I think he did. Anyway, we will be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. Have a great week, everybody. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters, from traffic to conversion to business success.